0: through the years of the 18th century various roads and trails were constructed that enabled our ancestors to travel majority of these early routes were originally Indian trails they were Indian footpaths they were Indian hunting trails all of these trails were located and can be found by research from the uppermost northern part of Maine down to Georgia and we're talking about the colonial period from from this standpoint they were located all along the eastern seaboard researching your genealogy can give you clues and hints to which of these early routes were used by your ancestors the larger most well-known routes that uh, encompassed the most territory in other words the most mileage were known as migration routes due to the fact that these roads just covered a vast amount of territory and they for the most part entered into unsettled lands prior to the construction of these early roads our ancestors travel time within the immediate colonies was very limited and very restricted. By the 1720s settlers were beginning to relocate in other areas all throughout the colonies. Hi my name is Carol and I'm the creator of Piedmont Trails. Today I will be discussing the migration routes of colonial America. Before we begin with the segment today, I would like to let you know that there will be podcast notes at the bottom of each episode. Um, These notes can contain various links, um, map links, different sources, and other notes that pertain to the particular topic of that episode. So, I do encourage you to look for those. I also encourage you to visit piedmonttrails.com. Um, the website contains everything relating to history and genealogy and is growing daily so um, i urge you everyone to visit uh, the website i want to thank you all personally for being with me today Um, the podcast world is a brand new world for me i'm learning um, new techniques every day Um, tweaking a little here and tweaking a little there so um Uh, I'm sure that I sound brand new to this technology and and I am Um, but it has been uh, exciting and I'm very much looking forward um, to the episodes of the future so I just want to thank each and every one of you for being with me today. Um, Getting back to the topic I will be discussing today the migration routes of Colonial America and as If you know as we are researching our ancestors um, as they are arriving to America we become interested in how they traveled how they went from one place to another how they migrated to a whole completely and totally new different area and there are ways where you can discover which possible route your ancestor may have taken while migrating say from for example from Pennsylvania down to South Carolina. If your ancestors arrived to the New World prior to 1700 their means of transportation within their home location was very limited, very limited. Um, you had small routes and small roads and trails that occurred within little settlements but for the most part larger roads that contained and traveled over a vast amount of territory just simply didn't exist during this time period one of the most popular roads prior to 1720 was known as the boston post road its beginnings can be dated to 1673 and it traveled from Boston to New York this was mainly used as a post road which delivered mail between the two settlements and the little smaller communities along the way it references a total mileage of 250 miles and in 1673 a good horseman could travel it in approximately four weeks Um. This particular route is considered as the first official road in the new colonies. I can remember reading a reference of um, of the beginning of the stagecoach lines, and I think during the year of seventeen seventy-two, the stagecoach lines began in this area between Boston and New York, and traveling down through into Pennsylvania Philadelphia and those areas and I recall a stagecoach being able to travel the 250 miles from Boston to New York in 1772 in one week's travel time so this can give you a good comparison between the year of 1673 when one horse and one man and it took him four weeks to travel the same route into 1772 where it took one week it gives you a very good example of, of the conditions of the roads as for the migration routes today I will be talking about a few of these and I'm going to name them um, there are approximately I think there are six yes there are six of these roads that I will be talking about today um, the first one will be the Kings Highway the second will be the Fall Line Road the third will be the Federal Road the fourth will be the National Road the sixth will be the Upper Road No, this is the fifth I'm sorry <laughs> and the last one will be the Wilderness Road again thank you for joining me today and we will begin our segment with the Kings Highway the king's highway very interesting highway <laughs> um it started uh, with the boston post road so the king's highway can technically lay claim to portions of the boston post road which was established during uh, 1673. the entire highway Kings Highway was ordered by Charles II of England. He instructed his colonial governors to work together and coordinate a route that would completely link each and every colony together. And this route would be established along the eastern seaboard in a zigzag formation all the way up from points south of Charleston, South Carolina to points north uh, ending in Boston, Massachusetts. The road pretty much was uh, completed during I think the year 1735 and at the very beginning it was mainly a post road uh, used later with freight wagons and for migrations uh, from families and early settlers. For the most part at the beginning it was popular um, as it was the only official highway that linked these colonies all together and there were settlements located along um, all along the port um, eastern seaboard that were actual ports for people to carry their trades and their harvest and livestock and things of that nature so it was important and it was popular during its beginning however there were some situations that arose that made the highway less popular as the years would move forward there were toll fees that were required, uh, mainly in the northern sections and not so much down in the um, southern colonies. Uh, toll fees were frowned upon. Um, males 16 years in, of age and older were required to work on the road a certain amount of time for a certain amount of days for each year. Um, this was frowned upon. Um, a lot of the settlers did not have the time to freely give uh, for maintenance and upkeep of the road and some, just many, didn't want to. Uh, colonists, um, The colony settlement in Virginia of Williamsburg refused to work on the road. You can find many documents in that area where they just they just refused to work on it and maintain it and keep it up, period and the name of the road just wasn't very popular and in fact uh, as the years would move forward many referred to it as the Boston Post Road rather than referring to it as the King's Highway I will say this um, the King's Highway holds a vast amount of historical data and as far as referencing uh, with genealogy and history you can find some type of Uh, information in each and every community that lies along the eastern seaboard from Charleston all the way north to Boston that can link to the King's Highway many many books have been written about the highway it's fascinating highway to research and to learn more about Um, at normal travel time to cover the entire 1300 miles back in 1735 would have been about a two-month period around two months eight weeks Um, a lot many portions of the road were not maintained as I stated earlier and uh, several areas were allowed to be grown over with overgrown brush and trees down and things of this nature and slowly over time people just did not use the King's Highway as the main route between one area to to another area it greatly depended on where they were located but as the years went by it was not the most popular highway next segment will be covering the Fall Line Road the Fall Line Road ran parallel to the King's Highway and the Upper Road. The Fall Line Road broke away from the King's Highway um, at the town of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Very important stopping point along the way of the King's Highway. In fact, uh, documentation has been found that by 1735 it the Fall Line Road carried traffic into the interior of Virginia and the Carolinas and across into Georgia as early as 1735. Um, The road followed the Fall Line which is a geographical feature that's caused by erosion, a separation line stretching from Maryland um, all the way to Georgia running between the river tidelands and inland um, elevations on the Atlantic coast. It defines an east and west division uh, between the upper and the lower elevations. I think that's the best way to describe what a fall line is. Um, Persons traveling from Pennsylvania to Maryland to the inland areas of Carolina before 1750 most likely would have followed this road because it was an easier road to travel versus the Piedmont Road which was called the Upper Road Um, the road was of of particular importance to the Carolinas because it connected them to their neighbors Uh, North Carolina's local laws called for building roads only to the nearest landing which created a haphazard system of major roadways in north carolina which led only to water routes um led to the yakin river and to the dan river and then that was that was the end of it but the result that had been that although the major towns in north carolina soon had roads um they didn't lead to each other in other words they didn't connect so the roads saw heavy use um, all throughout the years, and especially during the Civil War, as well, and afterwards, and and over time, it gradually improved. If, and like I said, persons traveling from Pennsylvania or Maryland to the inland areas of the Carolinas, you know, before 1750, probably followed the King's Highway, and then they connected to the Fall Line Road. It was the easiest route to travel versus going down the uh, Piedmont Road, which was called the Upper Road, and actually traveling in further south along the King's Highway, where it became very rugged. I'm going to go from the Fall Line Road now to the Upper Road. And there's a reason why I'm going to do this, because the Upper Road also branched off from the... King's Highway at Fredericksburg, Virginia, and it went southwest. Um, that's important because the direction of these two routes were different. The Fall Line Road broke away from Fredericksburg, and the Upper Road broke away at Fredericksburg. Both separated from the King's Highway. Um, the Upper Road went southwest through Hillsboro. Salisbury and Charlotte in North Carolina but then the upper road traveled on to uh, Spartanburg and Greenville in South Carolina this road generally followed the old um, Okinawchi path which went from um, points along the James River and old Fort Henry which is um, I think now called Petersburg Um, to southwest to the Indian trading town of the Okaneechee which existed as early as 1675 on an island in the Roanoke River. That would be at present day's location near Clarksville, Virginia. This road um, was already established pretty much as a road prior to it becoming officially a road in other words settlers there's documentation proving that settlers were using this particular path um, naming it the trading path as years prior to the completion of the king's highway um, the trading path divided at the trading ford uh, the yakin river there was one branch turning towards charlotte the other through salisbury to island ford on the Catawba uh to the north of present Lake Norman um some of the people associated with this uh, I can I can just name a few surnames here would have been Abraham Wood Thomas Bates uh Robert Fallum, James Needham uh Gabriel Arthur there's just a few that quickly come to mind um about this area it's very difficult um to find research materials that actually point out genealogical information about the Upper Road and there can be several references that take the Upper Road and the Great Wagon Road and the Great Valley Road and the Fall Line Road and kind of combine them all together but in reality these were different and separate routes Um, by 1750, um, the Upper Road had become a very important wagon route for southbound migrations that were pouring into portions of North Carolina. These people were, these settlers were leaving points uh, around Boston, Delaware, New Jersey, eastern sections of Maryland, and they were coming down the Kings Highway until they reached Fredericksburg Virginia and they were turning off not onto the Fall Line Road but to the upper road that would bring them down more into the Piedmont area of North Carolina. This was occurring between the years of 1735 in association with the Kings Highway up to years of 1750 and even afterwards um so these two roads the fall line road and the upper road they um they deserve to be s- separated and classified in a class of their own they were definitely separate routes and they were definitely early routes and if your ancestors traveled during this time period knowing where they ended and ended up settling will determine which actual route they ended up taking versus the fall line to the upper road. Next I'll be talking about the Federal Road. Another name for this road is the Old Georgia Road. This road was has a history dating back to the late 1790s early 1800s The Federal Road did not receive any federal funds at all during its creation. I think it's important to point out it it never received any federal funds for that. It it originated uh, as a postal road and it traveled from points of Washington City down to New Orleans um, all through the uh, Mississippi Territory. Very few inhabitants were located in this area um, but however a link was um, connected to New Orleans um, during this time period and the reason why not many settlers were. Settling in the area was you had the Creeks, uh, Indians and the Cherokee um, that prevented these settlements from arriving in this particular location. If you had an ancestor who ended up in midsection of Georgia uh, traveling west from points there Um, they would have traveled the old Georgia Road or the Federal Road most travelers coming from the north would have came down the Kings Highway down through to cut off at the upper road at Fredericksburg Virginia and then follow down through into the Piedmont of uh, North Carolina and South Carolina keep traveling forward southwest to into Georgia and then they would run into a postal horse path Um, this is what they would have met around between 1800 and 1810 so if you had ancestors who previously settled in north-south Carolina or Virginia and then years later migrated down to Georgia you can rest assured that the old Georgia road or federal road would have been the most likely path that they would have taken to do this with um, this path particular path would have taken them through Augusta uh, Warrington Sparta um, and Macon and then eventually it would have reached into um, Columbus. It would have also crossed on through Alabama and it would have ended at that particular time at a crossroads known as St. Stephen's is where the officially that road would have ended at that time. Next I'll be discussing the National Road. Um, This was the very first federal funded highway since the beginning of the United States, since the end of the American Revolutionary War. The National Road was very, very popular, and if your ancestor lived points of near Maryland, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, um, Massachusetts, any of the early states, Connecticut, um, New Hampshire, any of the early states in the New England area, and they moved west, this is the route that they would have taken. Everybody knew about the National Road. It was fully documented, it was federally maintained, Um, it was advertised for early settlers to travel west. It uh, went from Cumberland um, near the Potomac of Maryland all the way to points near the Ohio River. It crossed over into Illinois. And went as far as St. Louis Missouri and to the Mississippi River. Everyone was fully aware of the National Road. It was a very well maintained road for the most part. There were sections along the road throughout the years that became deteriorated or wasn't kept up and maintained properly but for the most part this road was heavily traveled, it was properly maintained, and it was very very popular so the road uh, construction began from approximately 18 early 1800s ending in about 1810-1811 so if your ancestor was traveling during the early portions of the 19th century and they were traveling west from the New England colonies this would have been the route that they would have definitely at some point in their travels would have traveled on the National Road. Very uh, very fun road to research there are a lot of documents and research research data out there for people to learn more about the road. I have even found actual photographs of the original portions of the road dating back to uh, 1926, so it's a very fascinating route to to research and learn more about. And the last topic of the day would be the Wilderness Trail, um, or the Wilderness Road. Wilderness Road started out known as the Cumberland Gap route. Everyone that lived in the Piedmont area of Virginia up into portions and sections of present-day southern Virginia um, West Virginia South Carolina they were familiar with Cumberland Gap and Cumberland Gap was the gateway to the western frontier sections known as Tennessee and Kentucky and in Ohio Valley the route of the Wilderness Road began for the most part um, Long Island of the Holston River which is pretty much near Kingsport Tennessee today you would have traveled through Moccasin Gap uh, Clinch Mountain you would have crossed over Clinch River Uh, you would have crossed over Powell Mountain and you would have landed um, somewhere around Powell River until you got to the Cumberland Gap and after passing over the Cumberland Gap then the Wilderness Road would fork. You would had a southern fork that passed over the Cumberland Plateau that went to Nashville, Tennessee area um, by the uh, Cumberland River. Then you had a northern split and this um, would also split again your northern split would split twice. You'd have an eastern section that went into the bluegrass region of Kentucky um, where Boonesboro is located along near Lexington and then you had a western split that went to the Falls of Ohio. Now as the settlements grew then the road stretched all the way down into Knoxville, Tennessee. So the wilderness uh, road can be a little bit tricky to um, research and to actually document there is a project going on to have the Wilderness Trail named as a National Historic Trail and as these um, research techniques are brought forward then the National Historic Trail will proclaim forever uh, what the recognized trail original trail will be. So when I look at the Wilderness Trail I look at a trail that embarked around the soon after the American Revolutionary War um, during the early portions of the years of 1790 during that time frame late 1780s to early 1790s and I see uh, uh, travelers many early settlers traveling this road ending into mid sections of Tennessee and even going even further north all the way to the Ohio Valley and joining into uh, where many researchers feel that portions of the road joined the National Road. The Wilderness uh, Road is one of the oldest roads. Um, It did originate as for the most part an Indian Trail. Um, Mountain men would use the original trails for hunting and trapping and things of that sort and then Daniel Boone um, navigated the area and actually brought forth settlers to settle into the area known as Kentucky. If your ancestor was traveling to points west right after the American Revolutionary War and even before the American Revolutionary War keep in mind settlers were prohibited to go across the Appalachian Mountains um, prior to 1763 but some did anyway but if your ancestor was traveling west and they were living in Virginia North Carolina maybe northern sections of South Carolina this would have been most likely the route that they would have taken also keep in mind there were other routes that traveled from Western North Carolina and points south of in South Carolina into Tennessee and Kentucky but the Wilderness Trail and the Cumberland Gap were the most popular this concludes this episode uh, by Piedmont Trails covering the migration routes of Colonial America I've discussed this in short details six of the original routes that the early colonists would have used um, prior to the American Revolutionary War and a few of the routes they would have used uh, afterwards. I hope some of this information helps and guides you um, to determining which route your ancestors may have taken uh, during those years of migration. I want to express my deepest thanks for joining me today during episode three of Piedmont Trails. This has been a fun experience and as I stated earlier I'm still learning the podcast world so thank you so much for bearing with me and um, and listening to our podcast and, and please I encourage you all to leave a voice message if you'd like and to be sure to see the podcast notes uh, at the end of each episode. Our ancestors left an amazing trail to follow and I hope that you and your family enjoy your journey today.